Welcome to Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic, where we promote integration and collaboration. Whether you are just starting your practice or you are ready to push the profession forward, we aim to provide you all the tools necessary to form relationships and educate your community. After all, spines of all sizes deserve to be adjusted. Welcome to our podcast and thanks for listening. Hey guys, Dr. Kay with Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic. I'm excited to uh, bring Dr. Jenna of Western Edge Chiropractic to the podcast today, where we're going to talk a little bit more about her and her practice and how she got started. You guys, Dr. Jenna was one of the very first docs to take my business basics course, so we're going to talk a little bit more about her experience with that and her experience starting an animal chiropractic practice. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Hey guys, treating patients is not about doing everything alone. When you're starting a practice, it can be hard getting out there, marketing yourself, talking to other providers about what you do. I get it. I am strongly introverted. I do not like talking to other people. And the last thing I want to do is try and sell myself. But it is really important when I'm working on patients that I remember I am working together as a team. So there are other parts to the animal care team and I need to do my part to reach out and talk with them and learn from them about what is important that they're doing that impacts what I'm doing and vice versa. So I really love the Evidence-Based Chiropractor, a program developed by Dr. Jeffrey Langmade because it helps bridge the gap between medical doctors and chiropractors so that way we can figure out what is best for our patients. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about his program, I recommend you looking him up on the Evidence-Based Chiropractor chiropractor.com. Hey guys, this is Dr. K with Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic, and I have an awesome guest today. This is Dr. Jenna Weir. Did I say that correctly? Weary. Weir. Okay. And uh, she is here to talk a little bit more about getting her practice started. Dr. Jenna, tell us a little bit more about you and yourself and your practice. Absolutely. So thanks for having me on. I just want to say like, I'm probably your biggest fan. (laughs) Um, I've been following your work here since the very beginning, um, listening to the podcast, um, and then also took your business basics course. Um, So it's really awesome for me to be here and share my perspectives and kind of the process of um, getting going. So about me, I am from Minnesota, spent most of my adult life after high school in North Dakota, and then my family recently relocated to the Black Hills, uh, Western South Dakota, and we love it here. I went to Northwestern Health Sciences University for chiropractic school, and then during my last few terms there, I attended Options for Animals as well as doing your business basics course. So I kind of finished everything um, within three months. Um, And then I started my practice. So I graduated last April, 2021. And then I started practice here after we moved, um, about a month after we moved in September of 2021. And that's also when I took my AVCA exam. So... What do you feel like was the reason you wanted to pursue animal chiropractic as a profession, Dr. Jenna? So chiropractic, um, I always tell people chose me. Like I always knew that I needed to be a chiropractor, um, even without having experienced one. So most people have like some really great experience, like, oh, I had debilitating migraines or back pain, um, you know, and then I found a chiropractor. I don't have that kind of a story. I was seen by a chiropractor, but it was 
um, never like earth shattering, life changing. Now knowing the benefits of it now, um, I'm, I'm sure it helped me a lot, but um, I just always felt pulled in that direction. Um, but I knew I didn't want to associate. Uh, and then I also um, didn't really dream of opening and closing uh, brick and mortar every day. So when I found out that animal chiropractic was a thing, I'm like, I love animals. Um, there was really no discussion. I was pretty, pretty much all in um, on animal chiropractic once I figured out that it was a thing. So what appealed to you most about uh, not being a traditional chiropractor? Like you said, maybe the brick and mortar wasn't for you. What is your favorite part about being an animal chiropractor? Is it the mobile component, being able to set your own hours or what part do you love the most? All of it. I don't like doing the same thing um, every day and it definitely isn't that. Um, during school, I I like to be busy. I'm notorious for like overextending myself. Um, I pushed, I, I worked my way through school um, and had three jobs like at all times. And I, I like to do a lot. Um, I like in creating a business, you know, you get to create it exactly the way that you want to do it. Um, and I felt like animal chiropractic gave me um, more freedom than a traditional practice because um, I can essentially, you know, set my own hours. I can work as much as I want. And um, awesome. with the um, with the schedule, um, it's it's a little bit non traditional because like horse people, um, you know, are have different availability than dog people, and um, just kind of figuring out how to, how to do it at the same time has been really, really fun for me. Like the challenge of, um, navigating a, a new career, but also, uh, growing field. So this is definitely a field that isn't well known for sure. So speak to me a little bit more about, you know, growing your practice initially. I know you still kind of practice on both humans and animals. Is that correct? I do. So I work as a chiropractor in the federal system, treating humans full time. Um, because I am a multi-passionate person. <laughs> and um, like I said, I like to be really busy and do a lot of different things. So I um, am mobile for, for both small and large animal. And then I see humans out of my home in my private practice, um, in my off time. <laughs> um, I see mostly veterans and service members there. Um, it's a, another mission that's really close to my heart as um, a service member myself. Um, I've been serving for 13 years and um, we'll hopefully make it to 20. <laughs> what branch of the military were you in? Um, I'm in the National Guard. National Guard. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Um, I understand a lot of those, um, you know, military people are underserved, especially, and we see them struggling within the uh, the VA system to not get the proper care. So um, can you speak a little bit more to that? Maybe your experience on working with them? Definitely. Um, so for active duty service members, TRICARE does not cover chiropractic, so they don't get any insurance help. Um, so I have made it my mission. I live um, two miles from um, the main gate of the Air Force Base by me. Um, so I have been able to offer affordable care to service members and their families. And then um, chiropractic in the VA has been growing like crazy um, since the last administration. Um, put a little bit of pressure on them. And it's been really, really incredible with the opioid crisis to offer um, a non-drug, um, really low risk, really beneficial service. Um, the only unfortunate piece of it is that um, 
a lot of people have to wait until they get out in order to even try chiropractic. So, you know, I'm looking at these guys that are 77 years old and it's like, if I could have got to you 50 years ago, we would be able to manage your pain a lot better, but it does provide a lot of relief. And the VA is um, going to a lot more um, holistic minded care. Um, they're going to be training me in acupuncture and dry needling. And then there's another um, ear protocol called battlefield acupuncture. So I know this is an animal chiropractic podcast, but I I love teaching people about that kind of thing too, because a lot of them just don't know. So I appreciate that plug. Yeah. You know, when you step into a field such as animal chiropractic, you already have voodoo witch doctor painted across your head. So why not jump into deep end and go ahead and, you know, offer more services for more spines. Right. So in all of your free time, I guess, what is your primary interest? Horses, dogs, cats, exotics, what, what tripe animals are you treating? Um, I'm really, really trying to grow and focus on my horse practice this year. Um, I've, sponsored a rider, um, and have really been working on like the social media aspect of it because that's, um, kind of uncomfortable for me, kind of foreign to me. I don't, um, I don't really like social media and and I know that it's really useful, but these days, if you have a business, you, you have to be present. So, um, I, there's a lot of, um, dog owners here. Pretty much everybody that I encounter has at least two dogs. So the dog practice really, um, not, not without work, but in, in some ways it grows itself, um, where I have to focus to get into, um, the, the horse niche (laughs) a little bit harder. (laughs) Um, there's tons of barns around. It's a really, really popular area to ride. Um, but being new to the area and also a new practitioner and new business owner, um, it's been a little bit more challenging to, um, have those people find me, you know, there's a a really big interest, but you have to, they have to be able to find you. So, um, that's a lot of, um, you know, it's a big piece of what you helped me with. What is the um, best way that you find that people find you small animal or large or otherwise, are you finding social media, word of mouth? What is your best referral source? Uh, so when I first started out, I went around to all of the large animal practices to introduce myself. South Dakota is a referral state. Um, so I didn't want all of these animal owners to be showing up to the vet and with this form. And most of the vets here have never seen a referral form. Um, uh, actually, all of them that I've talked to, they, like, they don't know about it. There's one ABCA veterinarian. Uh, that's about an hour away from me that knows the process, but um, literally every other vet that I've talked to has no clue. So they think it's kind of weird that I'm asking them to sign this. And, you know, I just explain the process and I'm like, as a chiropractor, the state of South Dakota requires me to have this form on hand to initiate care that um, shows that you have established this relationship with them and that I will share my notes. I will not steal them from you and um, that we're really working together. So, um, once I've explained that process, I have had zero problems with any veterinarian, even knock on wood so far. Um, they're really amiable to the process. And um, the biggest barrier is that they're busy. But, um, you know, if you're persistent, as, as you've shared many other times before, um, most of them are more than willing to um, get the form sent over in a mostly timely fashion. <clears throat> what is your... Um you know, best couple of things that you say to these veterinarians to explain that process. You know, we, I obviously have like a a saying that I do, but um, like you said, persistence is key. And uh, some of them are like, why the heck do you need that? So what are a couple of ways you explain it to owners and veterinarians in order to bridge that gap and get the the patients in? Um, For the veterinarians, I think 
the biggest thing that helped them want to work with me, honestly, is that I showed up there <laughs> and I like, you know, I'm like, hi, I'm here. You know, like, I'll just wait until you have a moment. Um, and I, I know that they're super busy and I hate to put that pressure on, but I think it means so much more that I'm willing to take my time, show up and have a conversation with them. So when, you know, they get this form, they're like, oh, who is Jenna Weary? You know, like, why would I do this? Um, I think that really spoke volumes to them and not only um, having the conversation, but also having um, some resources for them. I used um, your folder method that you um, teach in your business business basics course to put together, um, you know, in a, in a nice organized and pretty way, something that, um, you know, they can take just a minute or two and look at and be like, okay, this is what this person is about. Um, you know, they speak my language, they're educated, they're credentialed, they have a process and they want um, to communicate with me um, and co-manage with me. I think the biggest problem that we're having as far as that referral process, it's a big barrier because, you know, we're just not used to that. You know, as human chiropractors, we're kind of independent. We do our own thing. Patients come directly to us and um, we're maybe not working together as part of a team, but especially when it comes to like these performance animals, it's so important because these animals have three or four or five sometimes providers working on the case. Right. So I think veterinarians, especially uh, when they have this um, complimentary care person coming in, they, they just, they have a couple questions mainly is this, does this person know what they're doing? Are they professional? Um, are they going to work together with me? Are they going to steal my patient and are going to, are they going to take care of the patient? Well, will they refer them back to me if, if they don't maybe respond to care? So I think those are some of the big, big questions they may have. And, um, you know, putting a name to a face is always a good thing when you're a new business owner. And I'm so happy that the folder method has worked for you. Like it has for me, because tell me your experience maybe in the past, <clears throat> excuse me, of uh, dropping off brochures or business cards. Do you find that you had a good return on investment when you did that? Or did you go just straight to the folder method and, and it's done really, really well? I did. I went straight to the folder method. Um, time, time was kind of of the essence as I was getting started because I moved here and I pretty much had a month before um, I started, I started my practice. So I, um, utilizing your course, I, I knew the things that I needed to do. So I was able to make a plan like backwards plan. So this is my start date. Um, I just chose that there wasn't a ton of significance. Um, I just, you know, needed to challenge myself and needed to have that, like, all right, this is our go day. <laughs> and, <That's good. laughs> and then you have a there, fire under your butt because, you know, it makes you do things that much faster. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. Because the, the number one reason people, you know, find the podcast helpful is because like, God, I just wish I knew this information before I got started. Like I could have saved three years because my experience of walking into these veterinary hospitals, introducing myself, like, like you said, they're busy. They're like, I don't have time for that. Like I literally walked into a vet hospital the other day and they're like, we don't take salespeople on Wednesday. I was like, <laughs> I'm not a salesperson, <laughs> but thank you for that awesome compliment. Um, but anyway, um, I personally just found that when I would walk into a vet hospital and I would just show up and I'd say, well, I guess your doctor doesn't have time. And I would leave a brochure. There would be sometimes that like on my way out, I would look back and I would like see that person throw the brochure away. Like, and it was just heart wrenching to me because 
Um, you know, as a new business owner, you maybe paid your last paycheck from your associate position to get that brochure, you know? So it, it was just one of those things where I was like, I don't want you to waste time. I want you to be efficient. And I want you to show yourself as a professional the right way the first time. So, um, you can get that referral process started. So I'm happy that's working for you. Um, so what's been the biggest hurdle starting your practice? Um, you know, whether it be the referrals, getting your name out there, uh, maybe the perception about chiropractic, what's been the biggest hurdle for you? Um, so chiropractic itself is really well received here. Um, I think the national average is like 12 to 15% human utilization. Um, South Dakota is around 22. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of people who've experienced chiropractic or know about it here. Um, that being said, most people still don't know what animal chiropractic is. And um, with, with that, the ones that are doing animal adjusting or aligning um, are not credentialed. And I, something that I try not to get wrapped around the axle, but obviously being somebody who knows what it truly takes to be legitimate in this field, um, it's frustrating. So um, the, the biggest piece is, is educating people um, about what quality care is for their animal. Um, because just with, um, you know, social media followings, um, these people who are not credentialed are very busy. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it's a fine line between like, okay, how do I steal all their patients? And, you know, um, trying to not be jealous of these people who um, can't do what I do. Um, and just like constantly reminding myself that, you know, I, I have the gold standard. I went through the training. I became a doctor first. Um, and, and really showing people on social media, um, because that's where they, that's where they buy, you know, like when, when they contact you, they're, they're, they're already ready to buy. So if they don't, you know, like it's own, it's your own fault <laughs> at that point. Cause if they've already reached out to you, they think that what, what you're selling, what you're, um, the service that you're providing is, is going to help or something that they want to try. So um, really the elements out of, out of my control have been <laughs> the biggest hurdle, but I'm just trying to overcome them in new and creative ways. And um, a lot of those things push me out of my own comfort zone. As I, as I shared, I don't really like social media. I spent a lot of time off of it. I consider myself a pretty private person. Um, but you have to show yourself, you have to show your personality, um, and you have to show your heart. So it's easy for me to communicate my heart, but it's not easy to put it out to the whole world, <laughs> if that makes sense. I want to touch on a couple of things you just said is, um, in one word, branding, pretty much. When you first get, get started, you don't have that brand, right? You don't have that recognition. And the horse and the dog world sometimes can be very small, especially if you're in a performance niche market. Um, but like you said, you when they already call you, they're ready to get started. So you have to get over um, maybe the, the pieces of resistance that they may have, the friction to getting started. And I know, I know so acutely, I'm aware of this, that when somebody wants to get started, I would love to say, yeah, let's schedule you Friday at two, right? Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, because of the way the laws are and the way we hold ourselves to a higher professional standard, and we're like, well, actually, there's these forms first. You feel like a wet blanket. And you're over there, like, watching this lay person just, and you're banging your head against the wall. And you're like, ah, oh, you know, um, I wish that could be me sometimes. Absolutely. Um, 
but the, the, the animals deserve better care. So it's about being the Nike tennis shoe versus the ones at Walmart, right? So there is a reason that people are calling you paying that higher price tag because you're offering a quality service. So um, you have to, you know, reel yourself back in and say, I'm going to focus on me doing my best work, having the best patient experience. So that way, even though maybe it's harder to get in, they pay a little bit more, they have the best experience to where they don't want to ever leave. They always continue to choose me. Um, so I, I don't know if you can speak to that, but what are your couple of, you know, maybe tips and tricks of like, why do patients choose you? Why do they love the services that you offer? Is there any, in, anything in specific that you do differently that maybe these other providers don't offer that makes people choose your services instead of another person? Um, well, it's definitely on my goal list to ask for testimonials. <laughs> I haven't yet. Um, partially because it's uncomfortable and everything's uncomfortable until you do it. Um, I just haven't, I haven't asked yet. So specifically, I I don't know. (laughs) Um, I have, I mean, I've got, um, everybody's rebooked so far. (laughs) So, I mean, (laughs) we're going to go into a coaching moment for a second. Um, can I ask you a question? Directly a question. Have you ever received a text message saying fluffy is doing so much better after you came, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. How, how many of those do you get though? Like a lot, right? Yeah. Most of yeah. them. Okay. So you'd be like, that's great. I already know I'm awesome though. Right. Do you have that moment where you ask you that pet owner telling you that and you're like, you know, great. You know, I feel great, but you know, it just take that extra moment when they send you that text message or email or what have you. And just say, you know what? That's great. I'm so excited to hear he's, he's doing well. You know, there are so many other pets out there just like Fido that really need help finding me. If you could share this on Google or Facebook or something like that, leave me a review. It would really help me reach more pets in need, you know, and then you just drop a link to that. And I personally find you're going to get those texts anyway, the the fluffy Fido or whatever's doing awesome because we know what we do is awesome. You just have to take the extra two seconds to, you know, send them a link and say, Hey, leave me a review because I guarantee most customers, uh, when they're looking you up or something like that, they're looking for social evidence, social proof that, you know, what they're going to be investing in, you know, this is a weird thing they're investing in. They want to know that it's going to work quote unquote. Right. So if you just take that extra minute, um, you know, telling that person who's already had a great experience that it works, then, you know, we have an automatic, you know, source of referrals. And I feel like that's the easiest way to get testimony. So, um, just talk about a couple of those, those people and, um, you know, those great results they've had. Like, is there something special that, that you feel like you've done to, to get those awesome results or how do you typically, um, handle those, those people that are contacting you? Um, I guess I try to educate a lot as I'm doing my assessment and my treating, you know, so as I, I typically, um, you know, when I'm doing the adjustment, I'm not telling them exactly what I'm finding, but, you know, either before or after. And then um, as my examination, you know, like I'll talk about, you know, like the horse's jaw, you know, like, oh, that it's got the most sensory receptors in the whole body. People are like, oh, that's really cool. And it's like, well, think about how much they use it. And, you know, if you ever watch a horse chew, you know, they only chew in a circular motion. So that's why their teeth can wear unevenly. And that's why, you know, teeth and feet and saddle fit are, you know, right up there with chiropractic care. And if, you know, one of those is off, there's only so much I can do to help, you know, like, so teaching the collaborative, um, the collaborative piece, but also with, you know, what I know about the spine and nervous system, um, based on my training and education. 
Because it, it, it'd be just as easy to show up and just address them and leave. But I think it really speaks volumes if you're willing to take the time to educate people as you're as you're spending time with them. It makes it makes them feel like the time that the time and money that they're spending with you is more worth it, I think. Absolutely. So it's all about the value you bring, because I, I like to say any person can pop and pray and hope that somebody pays. <laughs> right. Um, but it, it takes a, a real invested provider to, you know, do an in-depth evaluation, explain what they're doing. And, um, you know, I feel like the more educated the approach is, sometimes the better the result. So maybe that's why people are choosing you and uh, continue to choose you is because you do explain that educated approach. And, um, you know, the results speak for themselves many times. You know, I can't tell you how many people have gone elsewhere. And, um, you know, they're like, my dog didn't do well with chiropractic. And I'm like, what do you mean didn't do well? And uh, they're like, well, he got adjusted. He never got better. I'm like, well, maybe it wasn't an educated hand that was working on him. So um, chiropractic does work and it works for 80 to 90% of the patients that are coming in. We just have to uh, know what we're doing and apply it correctly and um, be okay with accepting that we don't know everything and always trying to work collaboratively with the team. So I'm happy that you're spreading that awareness um, in your, your location, that, that percentage of people that use chiropractic, 20% is amazing. I wish 20% of Texans got adjusted because, um, people are happier when they get adjusted, I feel like. So, um, Mm -hmm. and it, it opens their mind to a whole new world of, um, you know, okay, well, that's not the only thing that's out there. So, um, it makes me excited when people are choosing, um, alternative options for themselves because in their animals, um, it opens a whole new avenue for them when they get older or when they're struggling with performance. So, um, I'm really happy that you have that type of practice there. Mm -hmm. Um, when you first got started, is there anything, you know, you wish you maybe did differently, um, or something you're excited to start doing in these coming years? Um, so much, (laughs) but, um, being that, you know, like as, as a business owner, all, all on its own, you wear 37 hats. Well, I run a business, but I also you know, have a full-time job. I'm in the military. I am a new mom. I've been married five years and all of those things compete for your time. So, you know, that's, I, I suppose it's probably the answer that everybody gives you, but you have to create that intentional white space. And I don't have a lot of it, but it, um, you know, it needs to be intentional. It needs to be consistent and you need to have boundaries. So even just the little things that you talk about, um, like having a Google number instead of giving out your personal um, and having set hours of communication when you're willing to field calls and texts um, and making sure that that's known so you can, so your patients are respectful, um, especially treating out of my home. I haven't had any issues, but um you know, to, so, so you're, you almost have to train your clients. Um, and that's, that's something that it's really easy to just be the yes person and say yes right away, um, to get somebody on your schedule, but you really have to be intentional about, um, giving time to yourself because you can't treat at your best. Um, you can't be your best doctor if you're not your best self, um, otherwise. Yeah, let's let's go there for a mommy moment, because I know many animal chiropractors, especially are female. Um, I don't know why I've noticed this trend, but I find a lot of us are female. Um, the mobile chiropractic aspect lends itself to having your own schedule. 
Um, but the big but is it includes a lot of travel time. So maybe a lot of time away from your family members. Um, and I know you have a younger baby that you just had recently. Mm -hmm. And can you speak a little bit more to having that work-life balance? Like what are intentional things you do? So maybe you block off, you know, I don't work past three, or uh, maybe I don't answer calls at this time. Like talk a little bit more about being intentional so you can be the mom that you want to be, but also have a successful practice. Yeah. So, um, my hours of communication are 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And that's um, that's kind of a lot. But I mean, that's when people are awake <laughs> and and it still gives me a little bit of time in the morning and in the evenings to like get myself together, do, you know, do something that I need to, whether it's movement or, um, you know, just having breakfast with my family. You know, like I'm not going to sit at the um, at the table and have my phone. Um, it's just not something that we do. Um and then today, for example, I'm seeing a new horse and my husband and my nine-month-old are coming with me. <laughs> so um, it's it's time that we can spend together because it is a Saturday. Um, I don't know when you're listening to this, but it is a Saturday and that's when a lot of horse people are available. And especially with my schedule, um, I have to see horses on Saturdays because it takes a little bit more time to drive there to do the treatment. Um and then I, and then I just don't feel like it's rushed. So, um, I'm bringing them with and I don't work on Sundays. I, um, will sometimes field some inquiries. Um, but I try to stay off of email because nothing is an emergency. Um, and so far that's, that's really it, <laughs> but it's, it's a work in progress. You know, I'm constantly um, finding ways to be more intentional with my time and to, and to um, streamline my processes in my business. So I'm not spending unnecessary time doing that. Yeah. So I, I absolutely can speak for that because I, I feel like if there's anything in your practice that you're running into the same thing over and over and over again, which you've probably run into this, it's referral forms or, um, I didn't know animal chiropractic was a thing, right? <laughs> it's been a, a minute talking about it. Um, or, you know, they're maybe not sure of, you know, prices or stuff like that. There's, there are things that most commonly get asked that um, basically that's a time waster. Someone else can do that. You spending 10 minutes on the phone, you could be better served doing something else elsewhere, right? So a lot of these um, admin tasks, right? Um, these are things we can outsource. So you can automate your intake process. You can put your prices on your website. You could film a video explaining like, this is what chiropractic is. This is what we're doing. Like a lot of that you can outsource and have a better work-life balance. So you can spend better time with your family. And I personally found that that has helped free up a bunch of time um, in my own practice. And I'm super thankful, um, you know, for all these resources, I feel like we have nowadays on you know, the internet just period to automate these things. So are there any pieces that you have automated personally in your practice that have helped you free up a little bit of time, maybe from the business basis course or otherwise? Uh, yeah, well, my, um, my EHR, since I see humans and animals, I use Jane, um, because I, I see pretty much the same amount of humans and animals right now in my private practice. And that's really only about, maybe nine hours a week that I'm spending seeing patients. Um, so right now I, I just can't justify paying for two EHRs. Um, so using Jane, it's pretty much like a virtual assistant. 
um, you know, because it sends out those intake forms that consents, um, does the scheduling, the reminders, um, and then it, you know, puts together my, my chart or my patient note so I can just push it to a PDF. Um, I wish that it was a little bit easier to send notes. Um, and I know that there are some animal EHRs that have a little bit easier process for that, that I'm looking at getting, um, someday, <laughs> um, just not right now, but, um, definitely the EHR makes a big difference. Um, and then someday it'd be nice to have a virtual assistant if, um, my schedule ends up being different where I'm spending more time in my private practice, um, than at my full-time job, <laughs> my other full-time job. <laughs> Um, and then also Facebook will, um, you know, you can have it do those automated answers, yes. you know, like how much does it cost? Cause people, people do that. That's probably my most, um, common, like first Facebook yes. message mm -hmm. is what do you charge or what are your rates? Mm -hmm. So that's a big thing because otherwise I have to like take the time to type it out. Cause I'm like, Oh, are you looking for care for yourself or a dog or <laughs> a horse? So it just yeah. like takes up so much time that, um, you know, I can just put like, you know, the, the all-encompassing, you know, this is what it costs for a dog or cat, for a horse, for a human, blah, blah. And then let me know, you know, what other questions you have. Yeah. Um, do you personally, since, you know, you, you kind of cater to all spines of all sizes, do you have like a one set fee or do you do like an hourly, I do whatever I need to kind of fee for your horses or your humans? Like some people incorporate kinesiology tape or cupping or something like that. Do you have an all-in-one fee or do you charge by service? Um, so right now I am all in one, but as I'm looking at how I'm spending my time, um, I'm actually changing that in my human practice that if I'm going to do, um, additional therapies that I'm, that I am going to charge extra for it right now, um, as I'm still learning how I want to run my animal practice is I'm, I'm offering what I have, um, in the time that, that I've allotted. So and then for, what for is what has been your um, experience with travel fees for large animals? Because I know some people choose to just do a, you know, one set fee um, for a certain amount or, you know, it's by horse and then people can split travel fees. What is your approach to those large animal patients and travel? I do have a travel fee um, that I charge most of the time. <laughs> Um, there's sometimes special circumstances that I just don't feel it's appropriate. I don't have like black and white. This is what it is. Take it or leave it. Um, I will waive my travel fee if it's greater than five large animals. And then above that, um, I don't know. I'm still kind of playing with it. You know, that's, that's the fun part. Uh, and also the challenge of owning your own business is you can do it however you want. Um, what I find is especially a lot of horse owners, like they're fine paying for it, but they don't like the travel fee. And I don't, and I don't really know what it is and it's not worth like losing a, a client over. So I'll, you know, split it or waive it for the new, the new exam, um, just so I can get there so I can show them what I do so they can see the results in their animal. Um, but for whatever reason, people are really turned off by the travel fee around here. <laughs> Yeah, they're not alone in there, but you just, um, I think the biggest piece of information when it comes to travel fee that kind of opens people's eyes is the amount of time you're sitting in the car, you could be treating another patient. So that that's the justification between behind the travel fee. Like if I'm sitting in the car an hour, well, that's two more horses I could have treated. So I think a lot of that boils down to sustainability for yourself of, you know, I have to 
um, make this amount of money so I can continue to serve more patients. So every patient I say yes to, that's an hour away. I'm saying no to two other ones in the invaluable time that I, you know, have. Um, because with mobile, especially, you only have so many slots per day. So say you only treat horses on Saturday, um, you know, you're kind of limited to how many you can take on. So um, speak to me a little bit about your experience with, you know, maybe explaining that, you know, has that gone well for you or has it not? It's challenging for sure. Um, and, and some people, you know, pretty much when it comes to their animal money is no object. And some people are looking for a discount wherever they can get one. And some people just want a discount at the beginning. So it's just kind of, you have to feel out the client and see what their goals are. And, um, I do that by talking to them about their goals. I'm like, well, what are you, what are you looking for with your care? You know, and here's how I can provide it. And this is what it's going to take. This is how long I think it's going to take. This is what it's going to cost. Um, and I think putting it all out there for somebody and not being ambiguous, um, which is probably a little bit more what the lay people providing care do. Um, people, people want answers. They want clear expectations and boundaries. Um, and you have to be able to give that to them. Well, speak to me a little bit more about um, you go, going out to these barn calls, uh, especially safety wise. Um, you know, it's great that you can bring your family, um, but, you know, that's maybe not always an option. So since you do have that chat with clients about boundaries, uh, do you do that before you go out? Or what are your safety protocols when you are traveling to these barns with these these new clients that you maybe don't know anything about? What is your protocol for that? Um, since most people find me on the Internet, I, I definitely I definitely creep a little bit. I, I, I vet people. And if they, they seem like maybe that's judgmental. I don't know that it's survival at the same time, you know, um, I definitely, um, will we'll talk to them more or less depending on like kind of the feel there. Um, I always make sure that my husband knows where I'm at. Um, I don't have any sort of like locator or anything, but, um, I definitely make sure that I have a way to defend myself and um, that my whereabouts are known. The challenge in that is um, there are several places that I go that are more rural that I don't have cell phone service. Um, but just chatting chatting with a client and if something feels weird, I definitely would. Um, I've brought people with, I, I've got a friend that um, just really likes what I do. So she comes with me sometimes, um, especially because I do see my horses on weekends. Um, so it, it, it definitely helps to have somebody with you if um, there's a situation where you're maybe not the most comfortable with. Um, but you can, you can gain a lot just from a few small interactions with people, I think, um, especially if you are safety-minded. And, um, you know, if, if there ever is something that sounds a little bit sketchy, just kind of ask more questions like, oh, are there any challenges to finding your property? Because sometimes their mailbox is not, or, you know, they're far off the, the actual road or, you know, there's a lot of dirt roads where I'm at. So um, just kind of asking more questions if, you know, you need more interaction, if you need um, more confirmation or affirmation that it's going to be a good thing, that they do have good intentions for their animals and for the care that you're giving. That's a really good point. Um, because a lot of these, um, locations we go to can be questionable uh, for a, a single female by ourselves and a no cell service. And we have to be extra vigilant and mindful, um, when growing our equine practice because of those things. 
Um, so moving forward, um, what, what are your plans for growing your practice? Do you have any uh, big plans for where you want to go in these next couple of years? How you want to expand? Being that I, it, it's pretty much in its infancy <laughs> still. Um, I've, I, I've been very successful that being, that being said, um, I deliberately take time at the beginning of the year to do my goals, um, to see where, you know, what I want my practice to look like at the end of the year. Um, and then I plan to be doing that in like three and five-year intervals too. I haven't quite gotten there yet. Um, but I definitely would like to be able to um, have more relationships with the veterinarians around so I can be more available at events. And um, like I've said before, I like, I like to try new things, to do different things, to find better ways um, for my practice, but also to deliver, you know, the, the care, you know, cause like, yeah, it's great to run my own business and make it about me, but like, it's about the animals. So figuring out how to streamline the process so I can see more animals. Um, so I can, you know, whether it's working with barns to have people haul to barns, so I don't have to spend as much time in the car, like you were talking about. So it's just those types of things, um, that I want to, I've got, you know, some uh, I guess problems that I've listed, you know, I'm like, okay, so what are we thinking for how, um, you know, we can bridge the gap to solutions that are workable for everybody and what makes sense for everybody. So that's kind of a, an ambiguous answer. I do have specific like numbers oriented <laughs> things too, yes. but other, other people don't really care about that. Well, you know, as far it's as like monetary to, or like patient volume. Stats because, you know, when we look at these stats, you know, I, I hate to be like this person, like I need this amount of new patients and this amount of, you know, visits, but when it breaks down to it, we, we track those numbers not to, you know, tell ourselves, oh, we're such a loser. We didn't accomplish those goals, but it's to track our growth and how we moved our business forward and how many lives we impacted. Because if, for example, I'm an associate and I'm doing animal chiropractic part-time, um, then I need to have realistic expectations of this is the numbers I have to meet in order to feel financially secure enough to leave my human associate position. So numbers are not a bad thing. Um, it's just about being intentional and planning of how you want to move your business forward for what's right for you, right? So um, that's probably the, the biggest problem I find with most, most animal docs is they're just like, I just love what I do. And I'm just going to, you know, drive around and see horses and it'll be all sunshine and rainbows. But, you know, when it comes down to it, when you turn your passion into a business, business, you have to be very strategic so that way you don't burn out. Right. And that's, that's probably the biggest thing we want to prevent. Um, but now that we're kind of wrapping up, we have uh, the last 15 minutes here. Um, tell me a little bit more about, you know, you were the, one of the first people to actually take the business program when it was a beta. Sorry, my dog's barking. So talk to us a little bit more about that program and uh, what you took away from it. Um, your program is incredible. Uh, it, I want to figure out how, okay, so you tell us, not, or not you tell us, um, you give a ton of guidance on what to do, but not how to do it. And I don't mean not how to do it in a bad way. <laughs> like you gave me the framework, the structure, the bones to build my house, but you didn't tell me what color to paint it. 
if that makes sense, um, which is really important to me because so many, especially human um, chiropractic practice management groups, they're like, this is what worked for me. So this is what you have to do in order to make it. And I, and I just don't jive with that. That's the biggest reason that I haven't joined a practice management group. Um, I believe in having like a personal um, like life coach type thing. I've, I've dealt with several of those. Um, and it's really, really important to have a mentor, but your mentor shouldn't tell you like, this is how you need to do it. They put out the information, the things that you need to know about, um, the things that are going to bring you success. Um, and then above that, you also gave us a bunch of resources as far as like intake forms and um, and then the just things that you discovered along the way that were really helpful or even necessary that you wouldn't know because going to either, you know, chiropractic or veterinary school, you don't get this is how you are a business owner. So having navigated growing a successful, thriving animal chiropractic practice we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Um, so I didn't feel like I was starting at square one. Like I said, I had a date that I wanted to start. And from there, I knew the tasks that I needed to complete in order to launch, in order to be ready to have all of my bases covered so I can start giving the care that I need to. Because at the end of the day, the assessment the exam, the, the treatment, that's the easy part. <laughs> it's the rest of it that you have to figure out, how am I going to make this work? And though I think I could have figured it out without a plan, um, I'm definitely in a better place now because I did have one, because I had um, the time that I spent with you and also that you were willing to be available to me to field questions. Um, I don't think I bothered you too much, but it was um, what when I did. It was it was um, really really beneficial and definitely um, moved my um, accelerated my progress. Um, from, longer, from, do you think it would have taken you to figure it out? It, had you not had someone to say like these are things you need to consider, or not this is how you need to do it, but these are things you need to consider. Like, is it? really like you just wouldn't have known until you encountered that sort of thing or like you don't know what you don't know or like how many years do you think it would have taken for you to get that practical know-how to figure that out I have no idea <laughs> you know you don't you don't know what you don't know uh but I definitely think that the the elements that you taught me in your course and in working with you and listening to your podcast um, help me run my human practice better, honestly. Um, so it's not, it's not just about, okay, this is what I'm going to do full time. Like there are genuinely quality elements to your course that would help a private practice of humans or, um, traditional vet medicine. Um, just because it was all encompassing for animal, um, business or a, small business where you're seeing clients of any sort. So I would imagine if somebody had a massage program um, or something like that, I don't know if you have anybody that's interested um, in taking your course that does that, but it would, it would totally be uh, equine massage therapists actually reach out and say like, Hey, would I be eligible to take your course? I'm like, I mean, I guess. Um, So it's mostly tailored to the animal chiropractor because I feel like 
Um, when I was searching for coaching, I ran to the same thing. Human chiropractors would tell me this is how you do it. And I'm like, that doesn't work for me. All chiropractic is completely different from human chiropractic. You don't have an office. You don't have like complete, like patients just coming in. You need a referral. Like there's so many different elements that are different, um, from a traditional practice that like most coaches, I was like, that, that just doesn't work for me. And two, it didn't work for my personality type. Like telling me to go to screening after screening, after screening burns me out. I'm introverted. I can't do that. Um, so it's one of those things where I'm just like, let me tell people how to focus on being a very, very awesome, high quality doctor. And then let's accentuate that and blow that up and then enable people, give them the confidence to show that off in a professional way. Being, I call it being patient centric. Um, because you're focusing on the patient and just being the very best doctor you can be, but also being aware of the business elements, because we all know how to be a great doctor. We all know how to wear that hat. We went to school long enough to know how to do that. But when it comes to like how to be efficient and how to communicate that with other people, we're like, I don't know what to do. Right. So that's the part really that we just need to overcome. And then, like you said, the, the practice really builds itself when, when people see the results, like, especially with small animal patients, like, I don't know how many people are like, I wish I'd started this sooner. I have 10 friends with senior dogs. They all need to see you. And it really just compounds upon itself. Um, so if there's just one thing from the program that maybe people need, what, what element was it? Was it the intake forms? Was it the, like, here's how to track your stats? Was it the folder method? Like what was the best part of the program, the one best thing to the program that you wish everyone could have? Don't make me choose. <laughs> I want all of it. I want, want all of it. it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, really the, the, the most valuable was that was what I could do with it. Um, for me, it was, you know, okay, so these are all the necessary pieces, you know, so then how can I make a plan in order to make this a reality? Cause essentially you're creating something out of, you know, a degree, you know, a credential, you know, this is what I have. Well, it doesn't mean anything if you don't do anything with it. So it was, it was, um, the encouragement and the necessary steps in order to, you know, hang up the, hang up the sign and says, you know, that says I'm open. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I I've seen these, uh, Facebook memes basically of people using their diploma as like a, a dinner table because they, they don't know how to use that degree for, you know, anything helpful per se. And I would hate for someone to, um, take all this training, like you said, that you and I both have done uh, in order to be called a certified animal chiropractor and not use it. And uh, the business part's the easy part. You just, there's a lot of stuff that gets in your head um, and in your way that you just, it's really about mindset shifts. And if you just have the, the easy stuff to like, Oh, I can use that. And I can take this and I can add that and, you know, take what you you need. And then, um, like I said, I don't tell you how to build the house. I just give you the blueprint. You choose what color you want to paint the walls. You know, I don't care as long as it works for you and yourself. Right. Um, so Dr. Jenna, thank you so much for uh, taking my program one, because it was brand new. I had no idea if it was going to help serve anybody and two for being willing to be on this podcast. Um, because like I said, it's not something I ever envisioned that I would do, but people do listen to it and they do enjoy it. And then three, um, if people would like to engage with you, you know, maybe they're, they're similar minded as you like social media freaks them out, but, uh, they want to challenge themselves. Like I've seen you challenge yourself. Where's a good place they can find you, engage with you and, uh, learn more about you. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. My business is Western edge chiropractic. Um, on Instagram, I'm at Dr. Jenna Weary. 
um, pretty much the only one, W-E-R-R-E. It's pretty and, easy to spell, thankfully. Um, yeah. Is there anything else, any lasting advice that you would like to give these new docs before we sign off? Um, the imposter syndrome is real. Um, like it's, it's a daily, a daily struggle sometimes to like hype myself up to, to be like, what I'm doing is actually incredible. It works. You just have to trust it. Um, you were talking to me earlier about the, um, you know, getting the, getting the text messages that say, oh my gosh, Fluffy's doing so much better. You know, like sometimes when I, you know, when I was first starting out, I'm still healing from this, but like you get the message and you're like, oh gosh, what happened? <laughs> but you have, you know, I'm, I'm transitioning into relaxing into that and knowing, you know, instead of hoping. Um, so the sooner you can make that transition personally, I think it's something that everybody goes through. Um, but just knowing and trusting that what you're giving is quality and needed and helpful. Um, and, and knowing that what, what you're giving is the best thing out there, um, and being able to communicate that. Um, and then also to just run your business the way that you want and have fun with it because life is too short to spend even one day doing something that you don't love. Gosh, those are great pieces of advice, Dr. Jenna. Um, I personally have had the same situation when I've heard, I still have this where it was, if someone calls me, I always assume no news is good news, right? So if somebody calls me, something must be wrong, right? Uh, so when I pick up the phone and they're like, what did you do? I'm like, what did I do? You know, they're like, he's doing awesome. I'm like, oh, thank God, you know, because, you know, we we're I think we're just programmed to like always mm -hmm. assume the worst, right? So it's really funny with what we do. I'm always amazed at how, you know, awesome the results are and how happy people are with having holistic and, um, you know, natural options to offer their pets um, in addition to maybe themselves since you treat humans. Um, but I, I think it's incredible what you're doing. And I'm so happy that there is someone like you where you are, because like you said, there's only like one other one. It's like maybe an hour yep, away. There's three in the state. There's three. Wow. So that's, that's a room for improvement considering 20% of people use one. So we need yep. some more, right? Yeah. Um, so guys check out Dr. Jenna at Western edge chiropractic. And thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. If you'd like more information about becoming an animal chiropractor, or if you just want to learn a little bit more about getting started, you can find uh, more from us on our social media groups or from making strides for animal chiropractic.com. Dr. Jenna, thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Okay. Yay, thanks. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Hey guys, Dr. Katie here. Thank you so much for tuning into my podcast. I hope these free tips and tricks have served you in your business. I'm very excited to host my very first Making Friends Masterclass. We're going to be talking a little bit more about how to shift your mindset when it comes to selling animal chiropractic. It can be very, very stressful walking into vet hospital after vet hospital, feeling like a used car salesman trying to sell animal chiropractic as your product. You're a doctor. You're not a salesman. So let's shift that script and let's figure out how we can make friends in a professional way, being patient-centric instead of trying to sell what we have to offer. You guys, I think veterinarians are overworked, underpaid, and we just have a hard time getting on their radar. So let's talk a little bit more about how to change how we approach this issue. Instead of bombarding veterinarians and becoming an annoyance, instead to bridging that gap and uh, breeding some curiosity so they are interested and want to refer patients, want to have us on their team. You guys, we're having our very first Making Friends Masterclass, February 20th at 2 p.m., and I'd love for you to join us. You can find a little bit more information at Making Strive 
makingstridesforanimalchiropractic.com or on our social media groups, Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic. If you're a Business Basics member as well, watch your email because you guys, there's a special discount just for you. Can't wait to see you then. We'll talk soon. Hey guys, Dr. Katie here. Thanks for listening. My intention behind starting this podcast was to build awareness and promote our amazing profession. If you like what we're doing here, please like, share, or leave a review. Help us to spread this movement so we all can begin to take steps towards change. Let's make strides for animal chiropractic.